My soul magnifies the Holy One. Thank you, Sheila. The Holy One, welcome to this place of worship, Trinity Lutheran Church on Sunday morning. We're glad you're here and hear some song, some stories about love and wonder and joy and stories about trouble and heartache today. So um, this song is a song of hope, canto de esperanza. Um, you're welcome to sing along on the refrain. It is uh, a song of the power of God and the power of the people. Welcome to Trinity. Spirit, see how your brothers have not given up in the struggle to better the world. See how your sisters have not given up in the struggle to better the world. God is uplifting the people, God is the power within us. Hope is our music and freedom our song, and together our voices will ring. Just when our hope was defeated, there was the voice of the Spirit. Reach out to all of your brothers and build with each other a world of peace. Reach out to all of your sisters and build with each other a world of peace. God is uplifting the people. God is the power within us. Hope is our music and freedom our song and together our voices will Good morning. Good morning. 
Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Ron. And as always, thank you, Sheila, for that beautiful uh, prelude. So blessed to have our, our musicians with us. Blessed to have you here. Thanks for making the choice to get up early and uh, come down the road today to join us at worship. And we have lots of people online worshiping uh, all across the island and the country, and we welcome you as well. And you see that others have been here working too. The table is set, and we will be gathered to share in the bread and wine of Holy Communion this morning. It is good that we are here. Amen? Good that we are here. The order of service printed in your bulletin. Uh, You can follow along right there. Everything will be projected for you as well. If it's comfortable now, I'd invite you to stand. Gathered in God's house, we worship the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our gathering hymn, calling us forth to the table. Let us go now to the banquet. Let's go now. first prayer is a sung prayer, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Kyrie eleison.
and our hymn of praise, You Are Holy. We'll sing through it twice. alone, O Lord, are holy. We've come to praise your holy name, to sit in the presence of your Holy Spirit, to rub shoulders with a community that's doing its flawed best to follow Jesus. Inspire us, Lord. Remind us of our place as your children that fed and forgiven we may leave this place of worship and find our places of service. We pray in the name that is above all others, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. morning. The first lesson is from the eighth chapter of Romans. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will affliction or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? No. In all these things, we are more than victorious through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death 
nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The word of the Lord. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and for you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. The bright blessed day and the dark sacred night And I think to myself What a wonderful world The colors of the rainbow are so pretty in the sky And also on the faces of people going by I see friends shaking hands, saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies crying. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. The colors of the rainbow are so pretty in the sky and also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands saying, how do you do? They're really saying, I love you. I hear babies crying. I watch them grow. They'll learn much more than I'll ever know. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yes, I think to myself, what a wonderful Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Uh, Nick, 
uh, led us one time in singing all the way through Israel and Palestine on one of our Trinity groups on a pilgrimage, and it was beautiful then, beautiful this morning. Thank you, and thank you, Carl and Ron, as well, for uh, helping out there. Appreciate it very much. Uh, you know, uh, how many were at the concert Friday night? Most of you were at the concert. You know, there it was a beautiful concert. Thanks, Carl. But I, I thought, like, the most touching, moving, romantic moment was when Carl dedicated that beautiful love song to the love of his life, Deb. And uh, I was just so touched by that that I decided I would like to dedicate the sermon <laughs> on the end times to the, my, the love of my life, Felicia. We think, Carl, end times, love song, kind of the, anyway. In the final days of Jesus' life, he spoke about the end times. Listen now to his words in the 24th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Jesus said, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. The gospel of the Lord. Oh, come on. Thanks be to God. Say it like you mean. Yeah. A plane crashes in the waters of the Puget Sound. Smoke and ash cover our island home. Rivers and lakes are drying up. Third of Pakistan is underwater. There's war in Europe. And the queen died. Are we living in the end times? Have you wondered? We certainly are living in interesting times. And we're living in trying times. To say that the last three years have been challenging would be an understatement, would it not? Three years ago, just three years ago, in the fall of 2019, the economy was humming along. The stock markets were climbing to unseen heights. People were traveling mostly hassle-free. The church was thriving. College football stadiums were at capacity. Airplanes were full. Restaurants were open. Most of us lived with little fear, and the world was relatively free from war. Most of us in the fall of 2019 could not have imagined the dramatic changes that were just around the corner as the world celebrated New Year 2020. In fact, I think it's probably really good that we did not know the extent of the change and the dura duration of the coming isolation that was just around the corner. Just as the events of 9-11 changed our world and our nation 21 years ago, so too the chaotic events of the past three years have changed us. There is a new normal, and many of us are struggling still to figure out what that new normal is. The only things left unchanged by the events of 9-11 and of COVID-19 pandemic that followed are the fragile nature of human beings, 
and the fact that Democrats and Republicans can't get along. I've been asked several times during the past three years, Pastor, are we living in the end times? And I have confidently answered yes and no. Yes and no. Can it be both? Are these the end times? Jesus said no one knows. No one knows the day or the hour. But let's not forget the context. Jesus had just five days to live when he spoke those words. He would soon be sharing his last supper with his friends. The shadow of the cross was ominously present. It was later than anyone realized. Are we living in the end times? Well, the disciples, they were quite sure that they were. And the early church was certain that they were living in the end times. The apostle Paul, in fact, said, the time is short. Don't bother getting married. Don't buy things. It would be like visiting the gift shop on the Titanic. The end is near. Those words were spoken 2,000 years ago. And in the 2,000 years that followed, the human family has experienced world wars, atomic explosions, radioactive meltdowns. The human family has been exposed to countless natural disasters, famines, plagues, dust bowls, global warming, global cooling. Many times it must have seemed that the end was near. And yet 2,000 years later, the world is still here. And humans have greatly multiplied. Now in our time, we have weathered the storm of 9-11, 20 years of war, the war on terror that followed, a financial crisis, political chaos, and a global pandemic now. Are we living in the end times? Is our world soon to come to an end? Now, Jesus was just a few days away from the cross. What is absolutely undeniable is that his world, the world that he had known for 33 years, was coming to an end. And the same could be said for his followers. The world as they knew it was about to disappear. Now, as your pastor, as a trained theologian, and a mostly clueless human. I've been reading the signs of the times, looking to the biblical prophecy and the daily headlines, and this is a conclusion that I've come to. The world is not coming to an end. Got it? The world is not coming to an end, at least not anytime soon. The world will not come to an end in your lifetime. I can state that with nearly 100% certainty. Now, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars. Jesus told us that. There'll be chaos in our government. There'll be more fires and hurricanes. There'll be more shootings. Our oceans will be in peril. And majestic animal species entrusted to our care will go extinct. But the world is not coming to an end. Jesus had just five days to live. His world was about to come to an end. The Passover celebration that was being prepared in the upper room in Jerusalem would be his last Passover celebration. 
It would be his last supper with his friends. His world was about to come to an end. You know, I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago, and up-and-coming author was being interviewed. But then the trajectory of the interview suddenly changed when the podcaster expressed sympathy to the author who he was interviewing because the author's mother had recently died. And the conversation went something like this as the author took over the interview. He said, thank you for your kindness. But let me ask you, are your parents alive? He said, yes, they are. Well, do they live close? They live four hours away just outside of Washington, D.C. And how often do you see them? A couple times a year. How old are they? 81. So you figure that you have another five years with them or so? He said, well, no, no one knows for sure, but let's just say yes. And he said, you're wrong. You don't have five more years with them. From what you told me, you have 10 more visits with them. He said, well, I guess when you put it that way, that's true. He said, does that information change the way you think? And there was a pause. He said, you only have 10 more visits with your parents, 10 more times, if you're lucky, to hug them, to hear their stories, to share a meal with them. 10, that's the best case. Jesus said, just five days to live. He was living in his end times. It's later than we think, folks. What about your world? If you had five days to live, what would you want to do? I'm guessing that you would not go to Payless and buy green bananas, right? And there'd be little need now to put money away for a rainy day, little need to put any money in your 401k, right? If you had five days to live, how would you want to live? What would you do? How would you spend those precious last days? Would you taste the last drops of that vintage wine that you've been saving? More importantly, if you had five days to live, what words would you want to speak? And to whom would you want to say those to? I'd probably not want to spend a lot of time waiting on hold to talk to my local Verizon rep located in some far-off land. Jesus, in the final days of his life, the world would continue to spin after his death. The world would continue to spin on its axis, even as he hung on the cross and died. But his world was about to end. How would you spend your time? What would you say and do if you knew that you only had five days to live? Now, though it's possible, it's very unlikely that any of us have only five days to live. But consider this. As we move now through fall, and it's feeling like fall out there, towards Thanksgiving, you might take a moment and consider, how many more of those do you think you have left? Do you have five more Thanksgivings left? Do you have five more Christmases to celebrate? Perhaps you would anticipate many more, but, but how many more? You see, the scarcity of days makes each hour, each holiday more precious. The scarcity of days should give us pause to ask ourselves, 
How is it that I want to live? How will I choose to spend my time? And what burdens will I carry with me? What words do I need to speak? From whom shall I seek forgiveness? And who do I need to speak words of forgiveness to? Jesus had just a few days to live. He knew it. And what did he do? He gathered with his disciples for the last celebration of Holy Communion, the last supper, with his friends, a Passover meal. Soon he would be gone. The end of the world, no. No, the tides would continue their march back and forth. The sun and the moon would dance across the sky to the horizon. Babies would be born. Wars would be fought. The seasons would change. Summer to fall, fall to winter, and back to spring again. No, the earth would continue its orbit around the sun, but the world was about to end for Jesus, and the world that the disciples knew was about to end as well. And what did he do? He took bread, and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, and he gave it to them to eat, fighting back tears, Hoping to keep composed, he said, this is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. He then took the cup, the cup of, this cup is my blood, he said, given for you, my blood, the blood of the new covenant, what? For the forgiveness of sins. They ate and they drank, they celebrated this religious holiday, not able to really comprehend that this would be their last Passover with Jesus They did not realize that these moments would be their last moments with him. He would be soon taken from them at the age of 33. They did not realize how late it was, how precious the moments were, how soon it would be over. They did not realize, though perhaps they should have. No, the world is not ending anytime soon, but it's later than you think, folks. It's later than you think. And if it does not seem late for you, I would encourage you, like our podcaster, to consider for a moment the journey of those around you. How many more meals? How many more holidays or birthdays do they have? If you had five days to live, how would you live? If you had five days to love, how would you love? It's later than you think. And when it's too late, When the final goodbyes have been said, you know how it works. Then we just long for one more opportunity to exchange tender words or stories. I just wish I could have one more day with my mother, with my father, my husband, with my wife, with my dear friend, with my son or daughter. But, you know, once that door closes, it never opens again in this life. Are these the end times? No. Is our runway getting shorter? Yes. Are we closer to the end than we are the beginning? Probably. And I got to tell you, I've never been with someone at the end of their life who said, I just wish I had one more day to sit with in my lazy boy with my best friend, the remote control, and watch the Seahawks. Never once. It's later than you think. So do not put off that special dinner. Or that dream vacation. Do not delay that act of kindness. Do not 
neglect to speak words of love, assuming, always assuming that there will be another opportunity, always assuming that your world is not coming to an end or that your loved one will always be there. This is a wake-up call. Take notice. The times and the seasons of our lives are racing by, and we never know when the next supper will be our last supper. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. You see, Jesus refused to die with hard feelings. Jesus refused to hold on to the sins of others. He refused to carry that bitterness. I give you this bread and I forgive you. I give you this wine and I'm letting go of all that came between us. And from the agony of the cross, less than 24 hours after that last supper, Jesus said with his dying breath, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. The world is not ending, but at any moment it could change in ways that we never imagined. So perhaps, what's the takeaway for us? Well, perhaps we might sit down sometime in the next few weeks with a pen and a paper and write a letter to each of our loved ones. You remember a letter, like you were actually sit down and write it? Say the words you want to say before the sand and the hourglass runs out. Say the words. Say the words now that you want them to hear. Words that you don't want to leave this world without saying. So is this good news or bad? Well, it depends if you really thought you were going to live forever. Maybe it's bad news. But I think it's good news. It's a wake-up call. Because here's the message for us. We're all still here. It's not too late. So live with intention this fall like it was your last, savor every bite, treasure every hug, let the music touch your heart, see the stars like you've never seen them before, give thanks to God, and give thanks to those who have made your life worth living. The end of the world? I don't think so. The reality is only God knows, and I'm fine with that. We have no control. But this hour, this day, this week, this month, that's yours. So make it count. Amen? Amen. I invite you to stand, and we're going to sing uh, along with our musicians, How Then Shall I Live?
We lift our hearts now to God. Uh, Pamela's going to lead us in the prayers. Each petition will end, hear us, O God, and our response, your mercy is great. Let us pray. Gracious God, knowing our lives are in your tender care, we pray for the mending of our world. We pray for the church, for communities of faith throughout the world, and all who suffer persecution because of their faith, deliver freedom, courage, perseverance, and partners in peacemaking. We pray also for those in war and conflict zones. Guide our leaders to craft just and lasting solutions and to repair the rifts that exist between those in conflict. Hear us, O oh God. We pray for communities in this country and throughout the world suffering from the effects of climate change through no fault of their own. We see brothers and sisters nearing famine in Somalia, flooding devastation in Pakistan, the folks in Jackson, Mississippi without clean water, and many other issues. Let us pursue solutions beyond band-aids, prioritizing marginalized and forgotten people everywhere. Let us ask, how then shall we live and be part of creating connections with others and healing and binding up this beautiful world? Hear us, O oh God. We rejoice with and pray for all who gather to worship today, either in the TLC sanctuary or online from their homes. We give thanks for joyous and generous spirits that make possible the gifts of life that shine from this place. Hear us, O God. We pray also for all who are ill and those who have died, especially those we name out loud or in the silence of our hearts. Comfort their loved ones and bless their memory among us and their life with you. Hear us, O oh God. All these things and whatever else you see that we need, we entrust to your care through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you. Please share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Carl, Carl. Thank you for sharing that greeting of peace. Break it up, section one. 
I want to encourage you to take that good energy with you as you exit the sanctuary. You'll be fed and forgiven at that point. Head into the coffee hour, have some coffee and cookies, and enjoy some fellowship there. Amy will say more about the coffee hour. Um, and, uh, but, but keep that going. Name tags today, even though... <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get mine on, but I will get it on for the next service. But name tags today, so, you know, get to know people. We have new people visit every week, and it's, uh, everyone wants to reconnect at this point. So let's get to know each other and use those name tags, and you can do that uh, as well. Lots of announcements are printed in your bulletin. would encourage you to take note of those. Uh, the altar flowers from Rudy Rudolph, who just turned 92 and just left our community, moved to Burlington, uh, but he uh, gave the altar flowers today in memory of his wife, Marilyn, and all of his good memories here at Trinity Church. So I'm sure he's online. Rudy, thank you very much for that. Appreciate that very much. Uh, also, you'll see uh, uh, Sheila's going to have a concert a week from today right here at the church, 3 o'clock. Should be great. Notice the details about that there as well. Uh, Deacon Amy. Morning. So, uh, as Pastor, Pastor Jim mentioned, off in the gym after worship service, after both services, we have an opportunity fair. So, we have, I think, 14, 15 different tables set up in the gym for you to go visit and see all the different opportunities that you have to plug in at Trinity. We have our different uh, education opportunities, our service organizations, the church library, all kinds of great things. In there so do take a couple minutes to go visit those tables in the gym after worship and then head down the hall adult education this morning uh, Sheila's husband Mahendra is here from India Hi, Mahendra. he's here to speak during adult education this morning that's 915 to 1015 down the hall in the fireside room thanks so much Great. thank you uh, Deacon Amy and uh, once a year we we have a little focus on the endowment committee and the good work of the endowment committee. So I'm going to call the chair of the endowment committee forward. Rich, come on up. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Pastor Jim. Um, my name is Rich Bocciagalupi. I'm the uh, president of the endowment committee. Um, we're all familiar with the endowment. It, it's a, become a, a rather beautiful part of the church. Um, I've spent six years on the committee. I've been the treasurer for a number of those years. Now I'm the president, and I'll have one more year watching and helping and train the new team as they come through. But what I wanted to do, a few things. First, I'll recognize some of the committee members. If you're on the committee right now, please stand. I know there's at least one with us. Andy Erlinson joined us. He's a new member this year. Andy, you got a long road in front of you and we're here to help you. Thank you for joining us. And it's, a, it's actually a beautiful road. I'll share that in a moment. Um, the other members are uh, Kathy Borson. Nick, thank you for sharing Kathy with us. Kathy is our treasurer now and uh, doing a fantastic job. Maya Erkes um, is our secretary and, and her minutes can be published as an actual book. They're incredibly amazing, and thank you, Maya. Clayton Fleming holds down the uh, southern campus of Trinity in uh, Baja, Mexico. He, uh, he dials in with the suntan every month, and we have our meeting, and good for Clayton. He, he actually provides amazing guidance for us. Thank you, Clayton. Uh, David Varga is a new member as well, longtime friend of mine, and Dave's joined the committee. Um, again, a beautiful road in front of Dave. And uh, Bill Watts is our uh, 
committee member emeritus. He'll uh, be with us as long as he chooses, and Bill's sage wisdom has carried us through some of the end of times and uh, the best of times. So I also want to recognize Dave Campbell. He's hiding there in the third row. Dave was with us for many years. He's now retired from the committee. Um, I believe I've uh, mentioned everybody. Uh, just so you know, also, uh, Pastor Jim is uh, one of our best representatives. And uh, with, the, um, with the endowment, and I want to say, of course, thank you to the room here. I can say that we know most of the donors, but there are anonymous donors as well. And so very likely some of you in the room send us gifts or have pledged gifts and um, anonymity is, is, is beautiful. Um, so just so you know, it can happen either publicly or privately. Pastor Jim is always a great place to start. Um, after the service today, I'll be at the table in the uh, coffee area and we'll be able to talk numbers, we'll talk mechanics, we'll talk how things are going. But what I can tell you right now is the endowment is, is a statement and it's a lasting legacy. The point of the endowment is that gifts that come into it live in perpetuity and we distribute the earnings and the interest and the growth to scholarships and to many of the benevolences that the church um, chooses to contribute to. When you see those large checks here in front throughout the year, some, not all, but a big portion comes from the endowment and another big portion comes from you all and your individual giving to the church. But I want you to know that there is a place to come for a lasting legacy, that is us, and a huge thank you to the congregation, to the Trinity community, because believe it or not, some of our largest donors um, live outside of the church. They come, they know the church, but in their life, they've looked for a place that they can make a statement, and they've chosen Trinity Lutheran Church as the place for trusted management of their funds and their legacy. So whether you're in the church, looking to join the church, or outside of our immediate community, you're welcome. So please come see us um, afterwards. And um, a huge thank you also to Kathy Derricott, who, uh, the church treasurer, who, who keeps us uh, recorded, accurate, and transparent. So we are under the oversight of, of the church. So Pastor Jim, have I forgotten anything? Uh, no, I think that's great, Rich. Uh, you know, we talk about um, remembering the future, touching the future. And this is a way that we can all do that. And as Rich mentioned, the money given away, uh, the, here you see uh, presenting checks at the high school. Forty college students are on Trinity Lutheran Church scholarships this fall. Forty. Um, and we are by far the biggest scholarship grantor at the high school. Um, and, I, and this year, all of us together have given away 400, like $420,000 we've given away so far this year, our congregation. 200000 of that came from the endowment. So a critical part of our life together. We thank you and all the other endowment folks for your work. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Now, uh, a word about Holy Communion. Uh, if you're worshiping with us online, go ahead and set up your home altar. You're welcome to commune with us. Um, and what you need to know about communion here at Trinity Lutheran Church is that uh, the Lutherans, we just work here. 
okay? Jesus owns the place. Uh, this is not a Lutheran table. This is the Lord's table. So it doesn't matter what denomination you are. It doesn't matter if you've never worshiped with us before. It doesn't matter where your journey has taken you. You are always welcome here because the host, Jesus, invites you to come. So you're welcome this morning as well. The ushers will help you to come down the center aisle towards our little Jordan River there, the baptismal waters. You'll hold out your hand to receive the host, hold on to it momentarily, and then you'll dip it and tink it in the chalice of your choice. The first chalice will have wine, the second chalice will have grape juice. We also have gluten-free elements as well. But most importantly, know that you are always welcome to come. As we move now towards the table, I would invite you to stand. We gather now at a table that welcomed our parents and grandparents, a table that will welcome Christians of a variety of colors and denominations all across the world this day. And as we do so, we remember a Thursday night in an upper room in Jerusalem. It was the night in which he was betrayed, and on that night our Lord Jesus took the bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his friends saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And then after supper, he again took the cup. He gave thanks and he gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Jesus Christ has promised to be present with us. Let us pray now as he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Please come. You may be seated. You guys on that side, that side.
Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in God's grace. Amen. Amen. Fed and forgiven. Fed and forgiven, go forth. Go out those doors from this place of worship into a community and world that needs you. Be the hands and feet of Christ in the world, and as you go, you don't go alone. May God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our sending hymn, let us talents and tongues employ.
Go in peace. The law be served the Lord. Thanks be to God.